Hello, everyone. This is Noah Villaverde, host of Blank Green Canvas, back again with another episode of the podcast. And once again, I am joined by my good friend, John Maffio, also known as Mathman Jones. Yes, indeed. And before we get into our discussion on episodes seven and eight of WandaVision, I just got to ask, John, how have you been doing? I've been doing okay. Uh, if you've been following this whole time, I've been doing better. As you can see, a little change of scenery. Uh, I moved into the apartment and still getting things together with the makeshift curtain, waiting for blinds to come in. But I got the, the TV, the PlayStation, the shelf, got some things coming in and uh, it's exciting times. Happy to get things going. How you been? That is wonderful to hear, man. Oh, I've been doing all right. Uh, speak of the devil, me and my folks actually have been moving to our new house as well. There is a makeshift curtain right next to me, as you could see. My bed's a little, you know, still getting used to everything else. But yeah, we're still moving things around and trying to make sure that for the first time since 2014, the garage that we have will no longer just be a storage unit but will actually be used to put our cars in there. Wow. Being put to use the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, not as a storage awesome. unit, you know. But yeah. but besides, obviously, both of us have been in the process of moving to our new places. I'm very envious of the fact that you have a PS5 in your background, but that's another story for another time. It wasn't intended, but, uh, but maybe it was. Maybe it was. Nice, nice flex there. Nice flex. <laughs> but have you watched anything in the last two weeks or so? Besides, obviously, WandaVision. Um, I've watched a couple movies here and there. I've been doing a lot of rewatches. I just finished The Matrix again. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It always holds up. And I also just finished Tom and Jerry. Wasn't good. Wasn't good. <laughs> Put me to sleep. I tried finishing it last night. Didn't work out. And then I watched it. I finished it today. Kids are going to enjoy it, but eh, not for, it's not my, it's not our demographic, I think. <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably watch Tom and Jerry only because it's available on HBO Max for free. I will say that one good sure. thing about Tom and Jerry is that if you've seen the box office numbers for the weekend, given the fact that a lot of theaters are still closed, although in New York City, as you know, um, they're going to be looking to reopening theaters in the coming Friday, just in time for Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, yeah. We'll see how that which goes I am next stoked weekend. for. Mm -hmm. I'm stoked for that film. I will probably watch Tom and Jerry just because of HBO Max and it's available there because why not? And speaking of HBO Max, I did watch Judas and the Black Messiah, which I thought Ooh. was wonderful. Yes. Uh, da Daniel Kaluuya obviously is getting a lot of buzz as he deserves. His performance is unbelievable. But I got to say, I think Lakeith is almost as good in that film. I think they stand toe to toe. Very much so. And Lakeith does just has a really quiet intensity in his performance that I thought was really profound. And it's also a really important story about some you know like about fred hampton and everything else that really should have been told and i thought even though in some elements it's a typical biopic here and there i thought it was done with a lot of class and style with two incredibly performances absolutely i agree completely i also watched uh, all of the imagineering story because i've been meaning to actually watch the whole thing but i've been busy and if, if any of you guys know about the two of us, we're both big fans of Disney parks and Universal. Yes. You know, but um, in the in the case for the Imagineering story, it was six episodes talking about the Disney parks, the history from 1955 with Disneyland all the way up to now. I am eager for more vaccines to be dis distributed because I want to go back to the parks eventually again yes, to have some more fun. <laughs> but anyways, speaking of Disney Plus, WandaVision has been dominating 
the pop culture consciousness for the last eight weeks or seven weeks, actually. To say the least, yes. Yes, it has. And we're going to be discussing the last two episodes before the very highly anticipated finale of this miniseries, because that's what it seems to be, just a miniseries. Yeah, don't think we're getting a season two for this. No, this seems very definitive, especially at the fact that they confirmed that this would be leading up to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm -hmm. So we're going to begin our discussion here with episode seven, which was titled Breaking the Fourth Wall. And no, Deadpool was not in this episode. Although maybe referenced or not, but we know he's coming. We know he's coming eventually. He is coming. He is definitely coming. And this is the episode that takes place in about the mid to late 2000s overall. It's Mm -hmm. obviously a send up and tribute to mockumentary comedies like The Office or Parks and Recreation. Mm -hmm. And Modern Family too, I think a little bit too. Oh yeah, definitely Modern Family. You know, kind of a nice mix of all those genres and everything else. And here we see that Wanda is just trying to have like her own mental health day, essentially, which she probably needs, you know. Yeah, maybe more than one, but I guess one will take one mental health day for the sake <laughs> if of you will. her insanity. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, like, she has her her neighbor Agnes agrees to babysit Tommy and Billy. And all of a sudden, she notices that her house is starting to change up and glitch in m- many ways overall. And she's trying to take control of it, but she can't. Yeah, she's completely, you're seeing like literally in real time watching her lose control completely and keeping oh. it together is not working out. Yeah, to say the least. And in, <clears throat> sorry, in regards to Vision, he wakes up to find that there are sword agents around him and now they are members of a circus because in the previous episode in Halloween, Wanda expanded her bubble. She expanded the realm of Westview and it went all the way to some members of S.W.O.R.D. And mm-hmm. now they're part of a circus. Yeah, and it's, it's fun to see how Wanda views these people v- visually. It's, it's on the nose, on the clown nose, but it was a lot of fun <laughs> to see that represented. Yes, indeed. And of course, through this, he finds Darcy and um, she's under the spell from Wanda. And when he releases her from the spell, she realizes that Vision is... You know, Vision's there and that she finally tells him that the Vision that everyone else knows is dead. And she uh, informs him on the events that led to what brings them to this actual circus, essentially. Yes. Yeah. And so in regards to that, obviously, we also have Monica and Jimmy, of course. They're with uh, fellow sword personnel. They try to obtain a vehicle that they could find a way to cross into Wanda's barrier, which is incredibly it's, dangerous, obviously. It's, it seems like, it reminded me a lot of um, Phantom Menace at the end with um, oh. Darth Maul, Qui-Gon, where they had the, the red wall they're waiting to pass through. Oh, yes. I don't know why that's Definitely. what I thought of. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that makes sense for you and me, given that we're both Star Wars fanatics, but that, yeah. I definitely had that same feeling, too, overall. And obviously, they tr- they try their hardest But given that they're unsuccessful, Monica decides to take matters into her own hands and she passes through like like a badass, essentially. Yeah, she like a honey badger. Have no fear. Oh, yeah. Just do it. And it looked like it kind of it looked very painful, but also very um, cathartic at the same time. Yes. Watching her just. Yes. uh, And you see in like the the, the different parts of her coming in and it's like a really well done sequence. 
There's a lot of really cool. Yeah, her vision seems to be very heightened up after she enters through. And she confronts Wanda, which was also very cathartic because for one, when she finally confronts Wanda, we're finally seeing episodes worth of tension between the two kind of finally come to pass. And mm-hmm. then obviously Agnes comes in and tells Monica, hey, you got to leave, you know, and then Wanda takes her into the house, you know. But then this eventually leads Wanda into a very strange lair. And then, lair, of say. course, yes, indeed. And this, of course, leads to perhaps the biggest song in the world for like a week. It's, it's definitely like number one or two on iTunes or something like that, from what I heard. And yeah. as many predicted, Agnes is not what she seems to be. Nope. She is actually Agatha Harkness. Yes. And, and this is one Agatha of those theories. It was one of those big yes, theories was. that fans had that it seems obvious now, but yeah, it's like everybody was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes, indeed, especially given Agnes, Agatha, not that much of a change in the name hint, obviously. It's yeah. a really good way of kind of bringing her in. And, you know, through her song, which uh, Catherine Hong and Han actually sang very well. Oh, uh, she I has been that. pulling all this. Yeah, she was pulling all the strings. She was pulling all the strings behind the scenes. She says that Pietro, or Fietro, as the next episode she calls him, was an imposter, obviously, for uh, for Wanda. And she even admits to the biggest sin of the whole show. She killed Sparky. Did she really have to rub that in? That cute little puppy with that yeah, little face? Come on. Agatha, come on. Yeah, and, <sighs> indeed. Oh, yeah, and also I love to throw out, like, a... The commercial for this episode was referencing Nexus antidepressants. See, I don't and know anything for... about Nexus. Do you know anything about what that? Okay, entails? just let me pull out real quick what Nexus refers to. Okay, so Nexus of all realities. That's what I found in regards to Marvel's history regarding Nexus. And this has been kind of one of the last dangling carrots in the theory of the multiverse being introduced in WandaVision, not just because of the Doctor Strange sequel coming up, you know, which, I mean, I guess we'll lead into the next episode, which is previously on. Uh, Agatha reveals to Wanda about how she says that Pietro or Fietro was uh, crystalline uh, contraction, I believe. I forgot exactly what the terms were, you know, but um, some people are debating, oh, this closes the door entirely. Some are also thinking maybe not, but you know, like that's what Nexus is referring to. Maybe it's a misdirect, but we don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So then after the end of breaking the fourth wall, we finally get to previously on, which is the longest episode to date. Mm-hmm. And it's really a throw. It's really a, the most character study based episode of the whole series so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see, I've, so I watched the episode and I had conflicting thoughts in my head because I'm not, I'm, I'm never really at all the big biggest fan of exposition dumps. But at the same time, mm-hmm. this is television, and television has episodes like this where they do this kind of thing. And I think they built it up in a way where it made sense to do this now. And it kind of, I mean, it made sense for me. And it, but not only was it just exposition, but it felt like they were giving us a lot in these moments of um, revelation, where especially we'll get to it, like there's a line that everybody's talking about from a scene between Wanda and Vision that, I mean, people are making fun of it, but I think it was a really profound moment. And I I do like a lot of the material they really gave us in this episode from the flashbacks. Yes, indeed. And speaking of flashbacks, the episode opens up with a flashback from probably hundreds of years before in which we see Agatha Harkness being victim of a witch hunt. 
And it's mm-hmm. very hard, sad to see her be basically being attempted to be like basically burned at the stake by her own mom. You yeah, know, and that's, that's 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 a deep cut. Yes, and Catherine Hahn and this her performance overall, like the, she was always funny throughout the season or the series, really. And in this episode in particular, she shows her range as an actress overall. You know, and man. <laughs> Like she did a really good job in this episode in particular, kind of being menacing and also very, uh, I never really saw this from her as much because I'm mostly used to watching her in comedies. In yeah. fact, speak of the devil, uh, FX was just playing uh, Step Brothers and I was watching a little bit of it earlier. And Catherine Hahn is just hilarious in that. And, She's you great. know, which makes it all the way more impressive with her here. Mm-hmm. I got to say, though, in regards to this episode, I got to give like so much credit to not just Katherine Hahn, but also of course to Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, but especially Elizabeth Olsen. Oh yeah. She brought, she brought the uh, baggage emotionally the entire way through. Like in regards to performances, I'd say, and this may be a hot take, I'd say in terms of MCU performances overall, um, you know, obviously top tier would be like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man overall. I also like to give a shout out to like Josh Brolin as Thanos, Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. But in terms of pure emotion and range in a performance, Elizabeth Olsen has always been good in these movies, but especially in this series and especially in this episode, we really yes. get to see the full force of what kind of actress she is. Mm-hmm. And I got to give credit to the writers here in regards to how they wrote her character. I I have no doubt in my mind that Wanda is going to be probably one of the most important characters in the MCU going forward overall. Mm-hmm. And this episode just made us learn even more about her and real Pietro and how they were brought up. So one of the biggest revelations was that when she and her brother were still with their parents and they were alive, they bonded over their love of sitcoms. Which, yeah, this is another thing that seemed like we were trying to get an answer to, like, why sitcoms. And this seems like an obvious answer, but again, makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Indeed, John, because I was predicting, I think maybe Wanda was probably trying to find, after she lost Vision, maybe she found refuge in watching a bunch of sitcoms overall. But it turns out it was even earlier on, having a love for the Dick Van Dyke Mm -hmm. show. I got a kick out of seeing uh, Malcolm in the Middle in that mix, which I got to say. Big focus on Brian Cranston. So in in the MCU, Brian Cranston is actually Brian Cranston in the MCU. Yes. So if they ever cast Brian Cranston in anything in this, like beyond here, how do you, I wonder how they. play himself. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Cranston as himself. Or Frankie Muniz as himself, if he's interested, you know, for for that matter. But yeah, I was really. Yeah, Frankie Muniz for Marvel, sure. But overall, yeah, like, so it was cool to see her background. But then as they're watching an episode of, I believe it was the Dick Van Dyke show, right? It was, yeah. Something bad happens. Yes, a full-blown explosion occurs, and her parents are nowhere to be seen. But then we see this missile right here that looks like it's about to explode, and it's from Stark Industries. Yeah, again, this started tony and his father just ruined everything (laughs) they have a lot of they had a lot of blood on their hands with that oh yeah and it gave a really great context to like some of the history of what goes on in this mcu and Mm -hmm. gives more obviously to why pietro and wanda ended up where they were overall so we see wanda is going through her 
you know, obviously her time with Sword and everything else, we see more of like how she was brought up. We were teased even with the silhouette of her as the Scarlet Witch with the headpiece and everything, which was kind of alluded to in the Halloween episode as a fun referential gag. Mm-hmm. But when that silhouette popped up, I was like, yes, finally. I, so I had excited. a hard time piecing together what that meant. But somebody, um, if anybody watches Heroes Reforged, somebody mentioned that this is kind of like them kind of creating their own version of Dark Phoenix. Whereas the Scarlet Witch thing is more than an individual thing. It's more of like a, like a mantle you take on mm. and a burden with. Perhaps. I, I was thinking of that again recently about like the story of Dark Phoenix, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, X-Men kind of made a Dark Phoenix movie recently, which didn't really perform well for, for reasons. But I was kind of thinking, what if Wanda is kind of going to become the proxy Dark Phoenix-esque story of the MCU for Phase 4? You know, I think that would be an interesting way to kind of borrow elements of that classic storyline and using an sure. already established character. Yeah. Really interesting overall but then let's go to the scene that everyone has probably been talking about the most as you mentioned with the line you know mm-hmm. where we see wanda which is set during civil war so we're seeing scenes that take place like during civil war that we didn't see where yeah. wanda is just kind of like we said she's watching malcolm in the middle and she is just you know trying to escape the trauma of just losing her brother because it's still very recent in which she lost her brother yeah and then vision appears and comforts her this is really where we, I think, the moment where they both fell in love. That's what it seems to be. Yeah. Probably not the first time like, they've talked to each other, but like, yeah, the first time they like really connected. Like truly in a, in a romantic sense where they started to realize their feelings for each other. I think it was this moment and mm-hmm. the conversation that they had where they discussed grief and loss and heartbreak. And then, of course, Vision brings in probably the most famous line of the series now. What is grief if not love persevering, which a lot of people have either like praised or made fun of. I, you know, there's annoying discourse online about it, but I thought yeah, it, it fits well with the story and for what Vision would say. That's some, a line that Vision would say. And it did get me pretty emotional overall in the way it was handled and yeah. everything. It's a very, it's, a, it's, it's just a, it's a nice moment of like a, little, a metaphorical way of, like, even though he's doing it literally, metaphorically, like, putting his hand on her shoulder and being like, I'm here for you. If you need somebody to talk to, like, I'm here. And I love the moment where they both just start actually, like, laughing at the episode when they're watching yeah. it. It brings them back to Earth after a very heartfelt conversation and everything. And then, it, yes, indeed, like, that was the moment where they both fell in love. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then we go to one of the more like heartbreaking moments where we see when Wanda, after the events of Endgame, she goes to Sword to find Vision's body to finally bring it to get buried. And man, that that old well, sequence we, really got me. We yeah, well, more giving getting more reasons for Hayward to be a class A dick, um, where he's like, we're yeah. not going to let you take the body, but you can watch three him billion dollars horribly. Yeah. <laughs> Three billion dollar man, like that's crazy, you know, with what they were doing with it, you know. And this leads to a real another an emotional sequence in which Wanda goes to Westview and we see why she's at Westview. Yeah. So which, um they were planning a life together and they got a house. We're getting ready to make a house and a home together. Future, and, a life uh, that they could share. And on the blueprint for the home in which vision wrote something that's uh 
Ow. Right to the you heart. You thought the knife was... Like, Wanda already dealt with knife twisting in, in Infinity War when she had... Not only did she have to kill Vision, she had to witness Thanos bring him back to life and kill him again. Mm-hmm. Witnessing the love of your life die twice in, over the course of seconds and then coming here, it just goes to show she is probably the most emotionally... Not even probably. She is the most emotionally damaged character of the whole franchise. It's not even close. Sure. Yeah. Losing her brother, losing the love of her life. And now this leads to her whole breakdown, which ends up turning Westview into her own sitcom-like home. Mm-hmm. It's her own way of coping. And then she finds a way to bring a version of Vision back to life mm-hmm. and bringing every member or citizen of Westview under her wings. Yeah. It's just, it was a very like powerful moment. Like just watching her like in the middle of the, of the groundwork of the house, just kind of float up and go like, ah, and like watching everything happen. So it is, it has been her all along. Nobody's manipulating her to do this. And Agatha just kind of wants to know why, like she's just being nosy about this. Cause she wants yeah, to she's just trying out. to make it. She's just making it worse for her. Mm-hmm. It's really, but it's Wanda that created this whole thing, this whole mess, yeah. you know. And then this leads to one of the last confrontations of the episode, where Wanda has her two, or not Wanda. I mean, uh, Agatha has her two sons in in like under her, you know, under her custody now, mm-hmm. and using them against Wanda. And then she finally drops and references her as the true Scarlet Witch, the mm-hmm. Scarlet Witch. And then, please stand by pops up, and I'm angry. <laughs> and you're like, eh. And then they give you a post credit scene, which keeps you yes. even more angry. Oh. And, uh, a showdown, for, probably, that's going to go down next week. And uh, I think it leads us to an answer for one of the questions that Paul Petney um, <laughs> gave us, where he wanted to work with an act- this actor for a long time. Turns out it was just a fun little, I've always wanted to work with myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun watching like that like vision's old body reassembled like as the the white vision that we see go up against you know what we mm-hmm. have now and it's gonna be very interesting i'm like obviously we still have other characters that we're wondering about obviously monica we last saw her she was walking up the lair walking down the lair and then you know um fietro pietro you know uh, evan peters pops up saying snoop's gonna snoop huh Mm-hmm. You know, and then obviously there's Jimmy and Darcy. What What's going on with them? What's going on with the rest of S.W.O.R.D.? How does Doctor Strange factor into this, if possible? The, I'm think, still predicting like, happens. And more like the over or under, I think like it's like for me, it's like 95% chance he shows up. Like at least, if not in the episode, there's going to be some kind of post-credit thing. And I'd be like, yeah, that's, that's going to be like at the, the very least to the movie. At the very least, a post-credit scene, maybe with with Strange and Wong, maybe like maybe they're together and they realize like, wait, what's something's up? Yeah, maybe. You know, and then Strange notices like w- something's wrong with Wanda, and then that's just speculation, obviously. And but... it's it's not far from New York too, so you imagine people who live in no. New York probably see the hex from like down the yes. block, and they're like, what the fuck like is a that? Certain, <laughs> like a certain other character that we are going to be reuniting with this year, you At know, Christmas time. I don't think they're going to do anything. I don't think they're going to reference him in particular with this, though. But um, no. we know he's going to be a fan. I, I think in regards to those three movies, particularly Sp- uh, Spider-Man being the second part of this uh, multiverse series, I think that's more going to be tangential 
like it's gonna be like what's going on like i do believe wanda could have a cameo in it you know but but, but, maybe yeah but more so like on the tv like like um wanda maximoff one of the avengers has done something you know Mm -hmm. more like stuff like footage or stock footage of her rather than a role which dr strange probably will be in you Mm -hmm. know for that but i mean wandavision has been killing it dude this has already become one of my favorite entries in the whole mcu overall and i think it's one of the most emotionally fulfilling ones and looking back at those first few episodes which were very fun and upbeat it adds a level of tragedy to it yeah it's nice because i always had actually that was a big complaint of a big complaint of mine too for a while is that i wanted to care for wanda and vision when we got into civil war because we had that at that point they're like they're kind of connecting at that point and i'm like i never really cared for them that way even though i was impacted emotionally by infinity war and endgame i still was like but we didn't really get that so to have that now is a really a nice little companion piece where like you can put that together and it really works on, on its own i think it works on its own it's just like a nice little niche showing all the decades of television and showing this cathartic emotional story and also being a fun way to connect bridges that's the great thing about disney plus doing tv shows for their big franchises there are characters that some might enjoy in the movies, but would love to see more from. And these shows give a chance for these characters that wouldn't otherwise have their own movies and expand them and make them more fulfilling. That's something mm-hmm. that I hope Star Wars does in the future with some other characters in their franchise that I like when I watch them in the movies, but I feel we're given the short end of the stick overall compared to sure. others. I'm mm-hmm. especially referring to the the last trilogy. There are characters in those movies that I think would benefit with uh, expanded series, but I doubt because some of the actors are obviously more interested in new projects. Yeah. But that's something that I I think is great about Disney Plus shows, expanding on these characters and making them more more exciting. And that's what I've always loved about Marvel is that like one of my least favorite characters initially, not because I didn't like her, was like Nebula in the Guardians movies. Like in the first movie, she's not a bad character. She's just kind of there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she's kind of like, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But as she continues, she went from being one of the least interesting characters to be like top five favorite for me, like in terms of her development, in terms of what she brings to the story and how she impacts the rest of the Avengers. Sure. And obviously her connection with Thanos and her growth. One of the best arcs, I'd say, in the MCU is with Nebula, just to throw that oh, one definitely. out there. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, so we have one more episode left, man. <laughs> is it one? No, it's it's probably one episode. I don't think there's going to be a Yeah. That's no, crazy. like this, yeah, it's, it's the finale. It's, it's only nine episodes and they showed the first two, obviously, in the first week. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am so pumped. I can't wait. It's. It's going to be the fastest. Apparently, it's going to be 50 minutes. If that's the case, it's going to be the fastest 50 minutes. Like, I, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. 47 minutes. Although the credits are like six minutes long, which frustrates me. Yeah. So you got to, like, you, you like put that, you take into consideration. Like, I'm actually using, it's actually like 30 something or 40 something for next yeah. episode in this case. But yeah, so I'm pumped. And I could tell that you're pretty excited as well for where things are going overall. Oh, yeah. And we're pretty. Yes, and I got to say, Elizabeth Olsen, I think definitely, it's, it's obviously early. I think all these actors, these three I mentioned, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, and uh, Catherine Hahn are definitely worthy of Emmy consideration, but especially in my case, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, man, in this episode in particular. It is wow. early, but I can, uh, yeah, I could see that hat being thrown in there for Miss Olsen, definitely. 
Yes. And yeah, so those were our thoughts on the last two episodes of WandaVision. Tune in again when we discuss the long-awaited and very anticipated finale of this series, which I believe is just going to be an event series leading up Mm -hmm. to where we go there. And yeah, so John, any last words before we depart? Um, I just... I know we're getting a lot of Marvel content this entire year come moving forward, but I'm just, I'm kind of sad this is coming to an end. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing, to, to get to where we want to be, we got to go past this. And I'm glad that we have this to start the year on. And um, I'm looking forward to watching this finale and seeing maybe a glimpse of what we're going to get in future movies. And like, um, I'm just, it's, it's a cool time. It's been a cool time, but it is a, being a Marvel fan right now, it's just we're. <laughs> I feel like we're a little spoiled, but it's um. Oh God yes. Bless. I'm glad that we're getting a quality content consistently. Like yes, this. it's yeah. If Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier is at least up to par of what Wandavision is, man, you know, because think about it. We have Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming up for shows like that. Loki is coming this year. Uh, what if, which is more, which is more of kind of a one-off thing, which is more separate, but that's mm-hmm. still something. Uh, I don't know if Miss Marvel's coming out this year. I think it is. I think it's August. It's either, it's supposed to be like like sometime in the fall. And then and same of course, thing with Hawkeye. Oh and oh wow, all yeah. those shows in one year. I don't know if all of them will be this year, but maybe. And if then let's not forget about let's not forget about the movies. You know, Black Widow, <sighs> Shang Chi, <laughs> The Eternals, and Spider Man. I wonder know, if they like, all come uh, out this year too. Speaking of those. And speaking of which, like people, I hope like everyone is really excited about the, uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man and the Eternals and Black Widow, obviously, but don't sleep on Shang-Chi guys. I think I'm not just saying it for, you know, me and my excitement for representation, but also I don't sleep on that thing. I've been watching Kim's uh, Convenience on Netflix recently and Simu Liu is going to be a star, dude. He seems like a really like from Twitter too, like what I see, like he seems like a really like down to earth, like talk to him at a bar kind of guy. He's, yes. he seems like a lot of fun to interact with. Yes, so and speaking of which, like I said, yeah, you should, if you guys haven't checked out Kim's Convenience, uh, the first four seasons are on Netflix, and I've been watching, I've, I just finished the first season last week, and I'm excited to continue on. It's really funny, it's really, uh, if you're if you're Asian American, or C- Canadian in this case, uh, you're going to get a kick out of the family humor, and it's, it's really funny, and Simu Liu is really charismatic, so I'm very looking forward to seeing what he brings to Shang-Chi. Anyways, though, this was the latest episode of the Blank Green Canvas podcast. John, I am so happy that you are getting more cured overall from your situation, obviously. Appreciate that. Thank you. And where can people find you besides in your living room watching the Golden Globes or playing your PS5? (laughs) Um, When I'm not doing those two things, I could be scrolling through the Twitters, the Instagrams, the YouTubes and all that. You can find me at Mothman Jones, one word. Thank you, John. And once again, you can find me, Noah Villaverde. You can find Blank Green Canvas on YouTube, on the podcast, which is available through Anchor and Spotify, Apple Podcasts, among other platforms. You can follow me on Facebook. The Just find Blank Green Canvas on Facebook. Like that page and find some more updates as well. On Instagram and Twitter, I am Noah underscore Villaverde. And speaking of YouTube, by the way, you're going to you should be excited because I am currently working on more ideas for video essays in the future, as well as potential movie reviews. Um, you could expect potentially reviews for Raya and the Last Dragon coming up. 
as well as a video essay on one of my personal favorite movies, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year, Attack the Block. Mm. So John you're going Boyega to classic. Yes, yes, indeed. And I'm looking forward to um, I'm currently in the early stages of writing that one up and hopefully getting that one edited. Obviously, I've been busy lately, as you have been, given that we've both been moving and a lot of other stressful situations. <laughs> but I have a lot of hope for what is looking to be an exciting turnaround for the year, especially with more vaccines being distributed. And with NYC getting theaters reopened, I'm hoping that is a sign that California will have theaters reopening too, obviously with the proper guidelines, because man, do I miss the big screen. Oh yeah. Oh, every day. Think about it every day. <laughs> yes, I do. And I am, mm. it's only been a few months since I've last been to the theater, but I am excited to go back soon, obviously masked up and safe and sanitized. Absolutely. Anyways, guys, I am Noah Villaverde of Blank Green Canvas, and this has been... A dope-ass show. <laughs> I'm John dope-ass show, yes, indeed. <laughs> Mathman Jones, Noah Villaverde, dope-ass show, dope-ass blank green canvas podcast. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> once again, thank you I for watching. Want, want to control listening. my brain. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's that's It is what it is. No wonder the Wi-Fi has been off. Maybe, <laughs> I mean, Westview is not too far away from where you're at, you know? No, it's not. Um, it, it, it probably wiped by, over. And by proxy, since I'm on a, a web call with you, that's that's probably why it impacted us a little bit here, you know. But I buy it. yeah, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. And please follow us on social media. Please like the video on here on YouTube. That way you could help us with the algorithm and more people can check it out and we could build our own community that is a little more friendly than Wanda's in Westview. But huh. yeah, thank you very much. And we will see you again when we discuss the upcoming finale of WandaVision. Whoa, can't wait. <laughs> Bye, everybody.